Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. I am here today to break down the AFC East, and we are starting off with my hometown team, the New England Patriots, and I'm joined by my friend Jake Thorndike, a fellow Patriots fan, to help me break them down. Probably the best offense in the, in the AFC East, wouldn't you agree? Let's go, baby. The Dynasty is back. Super Bowl Seven is uh, soon to come into the rafters, so um, let's get it going. I feel like we should let out like a grunt of oh, snort I... or something in honor of Bill. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna count it as Super Bowl Eight because I count Tom Brady's uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl. I, I think I fair think enough. That, that makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's uh, it's it's gonna be an interesting season. Um, realistically, are you excited for the season? Do, are you, do you have high hopes for the Patriots? Uh... I don't have high hopes. Um, you know, obviously we're going to talk about like win loss prediction. I think they'll be fine. I think yeah. they'll be a fine, uninspiring, unentertaining product, um, which is not what you want to go into a, a season expecting. You know, at the very least, you want to watch an entertaining team. And I think they're going to be ball control, great defense, and not featured much on NFL Red Zone Channel. Yeah, I I think so too. I was actually a little bit surprised when I was mapping out these projections. So let's uh let's get into it. Um, at, if you've listened to one of these previews before, you know I'm talking about mostly from a fantasy perspective here, from both the redraft and dynasty perspective. Just our expectations for the team. We'll touch in some of the big offseason changes as well as some general expectations for the team as well um, as we go and. Since we got two Pats fans here, there's going to be a little bit of homerism, but uh, I, I think we're equally uh, pessimistic in the same ways that we're optimistic sometimes. So hopefully yeah. it'll uh, balance out pretty well. So I wanted to start off by asking what your expectations from Mac Jones was with an actual offensive coordinator and not just like a, a, a dummy in a hat. Like I, I, I'm excited to actually see with Bill O'Brien, who's coming in, obviously a much more intelligent, creative offensive mind. Do you see Mac Jones returning to the 2021 type of potential he showed? What, what do you anticipate for him? Yeah, I do. I think, I think at this point we kind of know what, what Mac Jones is, which is um, a guy who lacks high-end top quarterback ceiling, but I think in the right situation and in the right matchups can be a perfectly effective quarterback in this league um I think you even saw it last year in some of the games he did play well like Minnesota um and and others so I think you'll see an, an offense and a quarterback similar in scheme and production to what they were doing in 2021 with McDaniels um I heard they're going to take the Jacoby Myers lateral play out of the playbook so oh good we'll see um, but that was so much it, fun <laughs> hey that was <laughs> at least entertaining but yeah. listen yeah I think Mac is capable of standing in the pocket, making a read and delivering an accurate throw within a certain amount of distance. Obviously the arm strength is always going to be a question, but I think when he's put in a good situation, he's perfectly fine. Um, and so I expect that'll be the case for him this year. Yeah, I agree. And I think what we're going to see a lot more from Bill O'Brien is playing a little faster, working in some motion. I mean, it was painful watching games last year. They'd line up at the line of scrimmage, no one would move. There would be no audibles and they would just wait for 15 seconds doing nothing. Like yeah. it was just absolutely painful. And then the other thing last year was that they were so ineffective throwing outside and they kept mm -hmm. on doing it. Just throwing these, I mean, outside left, they were five of 22 down the field, seven of 23 intermediate. 
outside right, they were seven of 23 down the field, eight of 14 intermediate. That's, that's like 30% completion percentage. And we can't have any of that because the Patriots have no good weapons. And I I think we're we're definitely going to get to the wide receivers in a minute, but do you think Matt Jones is the future of the position? If we're going to talk dynasty, like, do do you think he's going to keep this job? Is it his fault that the team isn't that good? Or is it just the wideouts? How do you feel about that? So in terms of his long-term future on the team, I think he'll be the starter this year. Any Bailey Zappi nonsense can please just, I don't even want to talk about him. He's a, a nothing. Um, I think he's, he'll be the starter this year. I think he'll be the starter next year. I would be surprised to be honest, if they picked up the fifth year option, just with like how we like to keep the purse strings tight and the caliber of yeah. player he is. So I see him as the next couple of years and then potentially I would hope move on to another upside rookie or something like that. Um, in terms of like who's at fault, I think they've done him a complete disservice in terms of the situation he's been in. Obviously, we talked about last year, the just nightmare in terms of coaching situation. I mean, they must have been the league leader in pre-snap penalties. And to your point, like guys running the wrong plays, not knowing what they're doing, running play calls that just made no sense for the situation they were in. So, you know, usually you get a quarterback on a rookie deal and like so many other guys, you load up at positions of importance um, and you pay for great receivers and tackles. And I think if Mac was in a situation like that, then, you know, I don't think he would, like we both agree he would ever be an all pro guy, but he would be a lot more productive than he was last year. And I expect him to be this year. Um, so to me, he's a perfectly fine league average starting quarterback somewhere between whatever 13 and 18 in the league who like you'll never win because of him but you could win with him if the team was truly outstanding around him and that's just not the case yeah on the uh like Kirk Cousins to Derek Carr to Andy Dalton spectrum I think he's like I don't think he's gonna be as good as Kirk Cousins which right isn't isn't great um but I think he could be (laughs) Derek Carr and you remember Derek Carr was like an MVP favorite for 13 weeks I think in 2017 something like that so it it can happen but I I think we're pretty much on the same page with Matt Jones um one thing that I do like as far as his fantasy outlook for this season is the fact that it seems like the Pats are going to play a lot faster so I already Mm -hmm. mentioned the pre-snap motion um Bill O'Brien likes running a lot of switch releases and bunch formations, which is so important when you don't have players who are good enough to get open themselves. You really Mm -hmm. have to scheme them open. And I'm hoping Bill O'Brien will be able to do that. Um, It's a lot more of a timing uh, timing based passing game um, with kind of a high to low progression that I think he'll be better at because last Mm -hmm. season it was a low to high progression and he lost a lot of safeties over the middle trying to do that. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for a better season from Mac Jones, but let's move on and talk about the running backs. Um, first question here, do you think the Pats sign Zeke or Fournette or Dalvin or any of these guys? Yeah, I, I don't see Dalvin at this point, and I know we'll talk about it in a second. He'd be the only one I really would raise an eyebrow and care about at this point. Yeah. To me, since it's gone this long without signing someone, it feels more like they're kind of regular due diligence in the event of an injury, have someone ready that you can sign and bring in. Um, you know, Ramondre has been like, I think doing some load management at practice the last couple of weeks, cause I know yeah. how important he is. Um, so if they did sign someone, I would, um, I would consider it much more as like a compliment, someone who can fill out that depth behind him. Um, and you know, at this point, 
But at this point, I, I, I'm not sure that they're going to. I, I think they might be confident in Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris to kind of fill that backup role, and they just have, like, a list of guys in inventive injury. Yeah, I mean, it's it's abundantly clear that they are not giving anyone real money because Leonard <laughs> Fournette sure. came and left, and Zeke Elliott came and left and had the most awkward dinner with Mac Jones, it looked like, from the pictures <laughs> that you can imagine. I those have no idea what those – yeah, what the hell are those two talking about over dinner, right? They're like, oh, yeah. you uh, you see that uh, that playbook today? Uh, it was pretty yeah. good. Uh, sure. But yeah, I, I don't think that they sign one of these running backs. I also think that whether it's Zeke Elliott or it's Daryl Henderson or, you know, Dearness Johnson gets cut and they sign him, I, I don't think it matters. Is there any yeah. running back that would change things for what you're expecting from Ramondre? Dalvin Cook to me would make me change things. Um, yeah. Not in terms of like the fact I think he's like a great player still at this point in his career, but I would assume he's waiting around for for two obvious things. One is like money to get probably most important the money to get to where he wants it to be. But the second, I would assume he's not going to sign anywhere without some assurances of like uh, at least somewhat featured role. Um, and so I would assume if they brought him in for a few million bucks, he would be assured to have a pretty solid split of the, of the work, at least at first. Um, and so if there's one thing that I think Dalvin cook still does well is he has really reliable hands and can, you know, catch passes out of the backfield. And so to me, that would worry me a little bit. Just, I know we both have Ramondre projected for a pretty high target share and for a lot of catches. So I wouldn't love that as a Ramondre owner, if they brought in Dalvin cook, aside from that, nobody would make me change a, a thing. Yeah, and and to me, I think people are kind of overrating um, what the split was between Ramondre and Damian Harris last year. Um, Even when Damian Harris was healthy, Ramondre had an absolutely gigantic workload last year. So in games that they were both healthy after week six, Ramondre had more than 75% of the snaps. Um, He had more than 65% of the rushes and more than 80% of the targets between those two. Um, and again, that's even including the week 18 when Ramondre Stevenson basically didn't play, um, cause they were kind of trying to rest him up a little bit at that point. Um, you did mention that he has missed some practices, this training camp. It sounds like it's on maintenance. I know that his quotes were not great. He was basically like, I want to play. I don't know why they're not letting me play. It sounds like mm-hmm. he's okay, but I think that's a good sign for Ramondre's workload because they know that they're going to have to give him the ball with only Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris behind him. I currently yeah. have Ramondre Steven projected to handle about 65% of the non-QB rushes in New England. I don't even think that that's that aggressive. And mm-hmm. that leads him to be to getting, you know, 240, 250 rush attempts, um, which at his, you know, at his efficiency is going to be a huge season, especially when you factor in, I don't think his targets are going anywhere. Um, do you want yeah, to talk a little either. bit about like how he was targeted last year and whether you expect that to continue in the passing game? Yeah, um, I do expect it to continue. And um, it's kind of like the unsexy thing that's on my mind right now. To me, actually the most important person on this offense isn't, um, you know, Mac taking a step or a receiver or even Ramondre to me, it's Trent Brown right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think the way the Patriots are going into the season from a tackle perspective is like borderline malpractice. Um, and if there's one thing that happens, if a team that has no tackles and can't pass protect, it's they're going to get the ball out quick, which I know we'll talk about Juju, I think is going to lead to him getting a lot of quick underneath targets. 
And we saw last year, they couldn't block. Um, Isaiah Wynn was a nightmare. Trent Brown was poor also. Um, and they also had a terrible play caller. But what ended up happening is Matt gets back there. There's nothing. He quickly dumps the ball off. And I think you're going to have a similar situation this year where he's under duress quite a bit, um, particularly early part of the season. The pass rushers they're going to face are monsters. Um, and so I think you're going to see a similar situation where Ramondre is kind of the only guy who's a real playmaker and he's under pressure. He can't get the ball deep. And so they dump it down to him early and often, which doesn't make for the most entertaining product, but is going to make Ramondre a really, really strong fantasy running back. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, Ramondre last year was not efficient receiving the ball, which a lot of people point out. That was not his fault. That's because he's getting the ball when he is just the safety valve underneath. The defense is still step forward because there's no deep threat on the Patriots that you need to play too high or even single high. So that's why Ramondre Stevenson was only averaging, you know, uh, what was it last year? Sorry, the yards per reception last year was 6.1 for Ramondre, which is, mm-hmm. you know, about a yard and a half below the running back average. I don't think that's going to improve, but again, I don't think it's Ramondre's fault. Um, he caught 78% of his targets. He has really good hands. He's a good pass blocker. Um, what you said about the tackles is spot on, and it's something that in the fantasy community we often ignore. Between yeah. Trent Brown was not very good last year, and he's only played more than 11 games twice in the last seven seasons. And Riley Reef, who he signed hypothetically as our right tackle, is dog shit. So yeah. it's going to be tough. You look at guys like Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton and Kendrick Bourne, all of whom want to work down the field. I don't mm-hmm. think that they're going to have time to do that. So like you, I'm expecting a big season for Juju. Let's transfer over to talk about the wide receivers. Is he the wide receiver one for this team, in your opinion? I think undoubtedly from a volume and production standpoint, probably from a talent standpoint too. But um, I think he, I think he'll slot into pretty much exactly what Jacoby was doing last year, um, which from a fantasy standpoint is a useful guy to have on your team that you can put in there. You know, is going to get um, his share of targets and workload. And I think the one thing that I think Juju does better than, um, than Jacoby is from a yards after catch standpoint, not that, yeah. not that uh, Juju's um, a breakaway speed guy or um, Kadarius Tony out there, but I think he is someone who's big and physical and can break some tackles and get you a few yards after the catch. Whereas Jacoby pretty much goes down right away on first contact. But yeah, I think by need, he's going to be force fed a lot of targets, um, particularly if they're losing some of these games, uh, he's going to be busy early and often. The one thing with Juju has always been a health question. So we'll see if he's able to hold up. I know he's had a few things in the off season already, but I think if he's healthy, he's going to get um, a massive share of targets. Yeah. And, and unlike normal, the Pats actually don't have a really good backup slot option. Um, yeah. Who do you see as like the second slot? Is that, is that Kendrick Bourne? Is that uh, Pop Douglas or Kayshawn Booty? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, like, who ends up making this team, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I think that's really up in the air right now. Um, everything you've read is that, you know, Pop Demario Douglas is has been potentially the best receiver in, in camp, which yeah. as someone who's been starved for an, a good young receiver for what feels like my whole life, that is at least something to latch on to. Um, I think the logical thing is you pointed Kendrick Bourne, who had a really productive 2021 um, and can play in the slot. You'd point to him as kind of that next guy. 
Um, but it wouldn't shock me if Kendrick Bourne didn't make the team, to be honest. Um, yeah, I know he I mean, fell he's... out of favor with the coaching staff last year, so we'll see. Yeah, and apparently he made up with the coaches, but has not made up with the football because I think he has like one reception in like right. eight days of camp. It's yeah, it's been bleak. So uh, for those not following camp super closely, uh, it's August third right now. The last few days have gone better for the Patriots, but the first week I don't think a single ball didn't hit the ground. Hunter Henry and Ramondre were basically the only guys who were actually catching the ball. So a little bit of concerns there. Um, to touch on the Juju role. Uh, Jacoby Myers last season was super underrated because he isn't very good after the catch and he wasn't scoring touchdowns, but he had a 26% target rate and 81% route participation, caught 71% of his passes for 12 yards per reception. Even that with Juju Smith-Schuster could easily lead to, you know, 900 plus to a thousand yards. I have him projected for 980 yards, um, which is, you know, 12.6 points per game is a solid, you know, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. The only other really relevant fantasy players I have projected here um, are Mac Jones as a low end QB two and Ramondre Stevenson. I have him at RB five. I know that might sound aggressive, but I he's going to catch 70 balls and you can't say that there's not many players who, who can catch 70 balls and score 10 touchdowns. I think Ramondre once you look past, you know, CMC and Eckler, he might be the next best bet to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I can't disagree. Yeah. So let's talk quickly about the bottom of the wide receiver chart. And that, uh, maybe there'll be a question I'll ask you later that might be the answer to this. But Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas, as, as we've already affectionately started calling him, has just been the best player in camp. Ramondre's barely played. Um, and other than it sounds like Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche, Demario Douglas has just been lighting up camp. So seems like he's going to make the team at this point. Does that mean that uh, Boutte might not make the team? I think um, Boutte or, or Booty. I feel like I keep getting different. I've uh, heard, but I think it's I think it's actually he says Booty, but like the French pronunciation is Boutte. Yeah. I, I would just go with whatever word. I kind of like Boutte anyway, but um, yeah. I think from a from a standpoint with Demario Douglas, I know we're going to talk about like guys to pick up or whatever. I think he should be rostered in every league at this point. I think with how open it is, particularly like the Patriots too, the one receivers they have been able to develop have been like late round guys. So if you have a late round receiver in that situation, getting all this hype, I do think he should be rostered in, in every league. Um, I think a hundred percent Boutte is not guaranteed a, a roster spot at this point. I know um starting to pop up yesterday and today he had really nice days. So there's obviously still time for him to make his mark. I think between Taekwon, Bourne, Douglas, and, and Boutte, one of those guys isn't going to make the team, obviously. And I think it's um, I think what you've heard about Demario Douglas is he seems like a lock at this point to to make it just based on what he's done in the offseason. So between Thornton, Bourne, and Booty, there's going to be a surprise kind of cut in there. Yeah. Um, and so it's really kind of a guess who it, who it could be between those three. Yeah, my guess is probably Bourne. I mean, we could save $5.5 million against the cap just by cutting him. Um, yeah. And I don't know if Who loves cash savings more than Bill Belichick? Exactly. And <laughs> it's not like we'd reinvest that money. It's all cash savings no. for Robert Kraft. Um, yep. But uh, I I don't really see either of them, uh, either Booty, uh, Boutte or Bourne being that productive this year. Any interest in Taekwon Thornton? Or, you know, we've heard nothing good out of him. 
No. So the way I am in Dynasty, you know, I reach a certain point in rookie drafts where I haven't heard about as many guys and I follow the Patriots very, very closely. And so a lot of times in the fourth round last year, I ended up with Tyquan Thornton just as a guy I've, I've to be honest, I've heard of and know about. And yeah. obviously I follow the team closely, saw him last year. I don't think there's really any potential for him there. I think the only the only thing you could say, which might be a reason he makes the team is um one, his just draft capital last year, and two is his speed, which they don't really have in abundance. And, you know, there's a perception that when you're a really, really fast guy like that, you're a great deep threat, even though he's not very good at those routes. So that might save him a roster spot, but I don't think there's really any hope of him being a fantasy contributor at any no, point. No, I think he's he's the ultimate roster clogger at this point. Like I yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't drop him because hypothetically he has some value, but if you can get anything for him or flip him for a backup running back, I would absolutely be recommending that. Um yes. I like this sounds ridiculous. I think Demario Douglas is the second most valuable wide receiver on this roster, which is which is pretty bleak. I think the second most valuable pass catcher might be Hunter Henry. Uh, it sounds yeah. like he is dominating Mike Kosicki in practices. Is that what you're hearing as well? I agree. I think um, I know we have on here like best dynasty values and things like that. There's no sexy answer when you're talking about this offense around who the best value is. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of teams I have that I have a, a stud tight end one. I either have Kelsey or I have Pitts or I have Andrews. I don't want to spend anything on Evan Ingram or a high-end backup for that. And someone who's just super, super cheap is Hunter Henry. Get him for almost nothing to have him on your bench. I think you could do worse in a pinch than to than to start him. Um, I think he'll be featured pretty heavily. And yeah, he's been late. He was an off-season award winner, I know, with the team. Yeah. And all the rumors are that, or the rumors, the, um, the reports have been that he's done incredibly well in the practice field. I don't think there's real upside there, but... I think you could do worse in a pinch to start someone who could get you 10 points and maybe a touchdown in a pinch. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think Hunter Henry is the perfect backup tight end for a guy like Kyle Pitts, you know, for a guy. Yeah. I mean, e- even if you're counting on a guy like uh, Kincaid or Laporte or Meyer, right? Which yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend year one, but that's okay. But if you pair him with a guy like Hunter Henry, you'll at least be capable and it's much cheaper than, you know, an Evan Ingram or a David Njoku or something like that. For sure. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Gasicki? Is he someone you have any interest in? To me, I don't see him being much of a factor at all, but I know he still yeah. like pops up in depending on leagues value-wise. I just had a patron reach out asking if he should trade a 25 third for him. And I said, no. So, um, yeah, I would agree that, I mean, I, I don't see any path to relevance. Um, like if Hunter Henry got hurt, Gesicki could take over that role, but we've already talked yeah. about that role as just a backup in fantasy. So I, I don't see anything for him. I think he's as much a backup for Juju as he is for Hunter Henry, but right. he doesn't, he's not going to, you know, he had 16% target rate last year. Like it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not going to happen for Gasicki. Yeah. Maybe um, that's the answer to your question though, of who the backup for, for Juju is from a slot standpoint, if anything happened injury wise. That's kind of what I was thinking. If it's not going to be Demario Douglas, um, but we'll see. I mean, Douglas played a fair amount of slot in college. He, he is, you know, five, eight, one ninety. He kind of has that build. Um, yeah. More the build. Let's than hope the full breakout this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he's he's about to have ninety catches. I will give you a lot of credit. <laughs> I I have about fifty percent ownership of uh, Douglas now, 
And most of the leagues I don't have him in, it's because you already had him. So so props to you there. Uh, I definitely saw you snagging him earlier than pretty much anyone else I know. Um, yep. Let's move on to the lightning round. You address this quickly. Best dynasty value is that Hunter Henry for you? It's tough with this team. I think it's really league dependent, to be honest. Like Ramondre is obviously a lot more expensive than he was, say, last season. Like I think it's pretty rare you could just trade a 24 first and get Ramondre on your team at this point. You're going to need to yeah. add. Um, but obviously, you know, you have him projected as a top five running back, and I think you can get him for less than two firsts. He, you could do worse. I'm not going to say he's like a fantastic value at, at that cost, but I, I don't think it's too bad. I think some leagues, the answer will be Juju. Um, I think there's a league you could get him really cheap and get similar production to what you got from Jacoby Myers last year, which was someone you could start, get 10 points out of. Um, and I think another another guy is just dirt cheap as Hunter Henry, who's like a perfectly fine backup tight end on your bench. I also have a really gross answer. Um, okay which is Devonte Parker because I think he's literally free and yeah. I think he's going to play 90 plus percent of snaps. He did have two weeks last year where he was a wide receiver one. And I think in certain matchups, particularly like his skill set as a contested catch guy in the red zone that you could do worse in a horrible Hail Mary pinch than him as a flex, for instance, like a week they're playing the Colts at home or there's a week they're playing the commanders. Like he, for somebody who you can just add is probably a free toss in in a trade, um, you could do worse as a bench spot, but that's not a very fun answer. Yeah, I like that for best ball as well. I I think Ramondre is my pick just because uh, he's going to have a massive year and he's yep. you know, a fifth round startup running back. I like Demario Douglas in terms of percentage value increase is higher than Ramondre could ever be, but in terms of what actually matters, I, I would pick Ramondre as well. Uh, yep. What's the worst dynasty value here? It's tough because there's really nobody who's valued highly. No. Um, I think the answer was obvious for a long time, which was Mac. But I actually yeah. think he's not anymore. He's, you know, I had a couple really strong dynasty teams where him as a QB two, and I've been looking around to see where I can upgrade him. He almost has no no trade value at this point. Um, and in auctions we've done, he goes for almost nothing. So it's tough to say he's overvalued. He might even be a buy as someone who could be a starter in the league for the next several years. Um, yeah. I guess I'll say Mike Kosicki because, you know, if anyone's popping up thinking that they should pay a third or God forbid a late two for Mike Kosicki in the hopes of having a, a reliable starter worthy tight end, then there's no chance of that. So I guess I'll say him. Yeah. I mean, right now there are only five starting quarterbacks below Mac Jones in terms of dynasty value. Um, one of those guys, Desmond Ritter, I don't know. I don't know what leagues exist where Mac is more valuable than Ritter. That's not yeah. what I've seen from experience. So then it's Stafford, Garoppolo, Tannehill, and Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, I would probably flip him for Stafford on a contending team. But again, right. like you said, he's he's about as cheap as it gets. So I don't think he can be a bad dynasty value. Right. Um I guess I would go to Siki as well. I well, yeah. actually, I'd go Tyquan Thornton. Like, if you can get any third Anything. rounder for him, yeah. any if you can get Malik Davis for him, just just go out and do it. Yeah. Um, player that might be on waivers that you should pick up. I think we've touched on him already, but it's going to be Demario Douglas. Um, anyone else stand out? I, I don't really have anyone else here. No, um, I think it's him. I think there's enough buzz there that he should be rostered in every league. The only other person that I've seen on waivers at time is Kevin Harris. Mm -hmm. I think the oh yeah, 
I think the handcuff to Ramondre is a little bit uncertain. I think the default is that Pierre Strong would really step in. But remember that Arizona game, Ramondre went down. I think Kevin Harris was actually first in on getting yep. snaps, and I believe he scored in that game. Yep. Um, and so if he's a free agent, I think he's definitely worthy of being on your roster as well, because I think that role, if Ramondre went down, is a little bit uncertain. I'm sure they'd sign someone, but I think he's probably someone to, to pick up as well. Yeah, that's a good shout. And I actually have Harris projected for more carries than Pierre Strong, but Pierre Strong projected for more catches. Um, yep. I, you know, it's one of those backfields where both are so cheap. I have no problem just picking up both. Uh, but again, I would probably wait for another few weeks, make sure that Ezekiel Elliott or someone isn't signed. Yep. Um, Win-loss record prediction. Yes. Um, I have the Patriots at, at eight and nine, um, which is really the last place that I want my teams to be. Depressing as hell. Just kind of the treadmill of of mediocrity, but there's enough cupcake games later in their schedule that um, I think they get to eight wins. And I think I have them going two and four in the division. I think they'll, I think they'll win. um, They'll win two games at home. I'm not sure which opponent it'll be, but um, I think they'll get a couple there. And so, yeah, I have them eight wins. It's really not going to be that bad. Like, I think there's a, perception among some that the sky is falling and it's going to be the worst team in the league i think the defense is just too good for that yeah um but it's just really frustrating because i think they could have built not a team that could be a super bowl contender but a team that on any given week could compete with anyone and i just don't think they had the offseason to to do that particularly a a tackle and receiver yeah i was about to say the same thing if we signed one tackle and deandre hopkins right like or drafted a receiver, we could be in a position to try to get a 10, 11 wins and compete. Um, I also have the Patriots for eight wins. They've, they've averaged eight wins in the three seasons post Tom Brady. Um, like you, I'm incredibly high on the defense. I, I think it's going to be a top five defense. Um, I, you know, if you're in IDP leagues, I think there's a few very intriguing guys. I, I think Josh Uche is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a lot of high hopes. I don't think there's any chance this Patriots team makes the playoffs, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I think they're telling you that with the spending on the roster, which is just, it's reached like a bizarre state. They're 31st in cash spending this year. I think they're last in commitments for next year. Um, They don't even do extensions with their own guys at this point. It's just, um, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of conviction in this roster to contend this year. Yeah, and the hope is that they will extend guys like Uche and Duggar, but uh, I, again, wouldn't count on it at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, They're last in cash spending for next season. They only have $52 million committed in 2025, which is, just to give Insane. you an idea, the, the Browns have over $200 million committed that year, so <laughs> definitely not big on the cash spending. Um, yeah. Before we sign off, any, uh, any questions for me about the Pats? I know we've uh, covered a lot of this by now. I guess my question would be, if you gave Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft truth serum, do you think they have serious ambitions and hopes to win another Super Bowl at any time during their tenures? I think Bill Belichick does. I don't think Robert Kraft does. Interesting. Because I feel like um, the spending the, the spending debate, it much more falls on Bill, and Robert always kind of gets a pass for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to hear that. I so I, I worked for the Revolution. This is going to be a bit of a tangent, which is the New England soccer team that Robert Kraft also owns. It's one of two teams without their own stadium because Robert Kraft is too cheap. Um, 
<laughs> I am familiar with real estate lawyers in the Boston area who have been part of discussions for Robert Kraft to buy land in Boston. And he was literally offering like 20% of what the actual asking price was. Um, working for the revolution, seeing the locker room that the Pats practice in and their practice facility, it's a shithole relative to these other stadiums. Their training facility isn't very good. Other than Belichick, they're not paying any of these assistants a lot, although they're, they're spending up a little bit with O'Brien this year. I craft is 86 years old and has like a, like a 19 year old girlfriend. Like, I don't think I would care about football at that point. So <laughs> I, hanging I with don't Mill. see it. Yeah. I don't see it from Bob anymore. Um, Bill, I think is just such a competitor. Like it's almost to his detriment, right? He's going to try to win every single game. He's, he's going to play Devonte Parker over Demario Douglas. Cause he wants to, you know, win that meaningless week 16 game. Um, I, I don't think he will win another Super Bowl, but I, I definitely think he wants to, I guess would be my answer. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. This was uh this was awesome, slightly depressing, but uh maybe a little <laughs> bit maybe a little bit off uh uplifting. Uh this is my third team I've been reviewing, and the other two were the Chiefs and the Chargers. So uh, a little uh, bit more fun. Yeah, a little bit more exciting <laughs> offenses there. But uh I guess my takeaway advice would be to draft from Andre Stevenson. Um yes. Jake, thanks for hopping on. You got any uh final notes where we can find some of your stuff? No, um you catch me on Twitter at, at Jake Thorndike. Um aside from that, uh you can catch me on the on the trade block in some of Zoltan's leagues. Um but no, I, I think it'll be a fine, mediocre season. But I do think later in the year there'll be some DFS value on the Patriots front. Some of those, yeah. like the Colts, the Commanders, I think there'll be some good plays there. But yeah. aside from that, it's not going to be the lights out 2007 offense, that's for sure. No, and, and this is going to be a part of the AFC East uh, breakdown where the three teams are unfortunately much more exciting with high-flying offenses. So uh, they if, are. Uh, if we bored you for the last 30 minutes, I apologize. And then stay <laughs> tuned for some more exciting offenses. But thanks again, Jake, for joining me. It was awesome having you on. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Sultan. See ya.